This week, I'm delighted to welcome Eileen Murphy back on the show. We talk about CRM systems, processes, and managing multiple relationships. Welcome to episode 111 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now, here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hey everyone, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you for streaming or downloading. I really do appreciate it. Well, the end of the year is almost upon us, and I've been talking to my clients about setting goals for 2017 and sorting out their marketing content and social media strategies. If you need any help doing this, please do get in touch. I offer one-to-one online consulting and I'd love to help you if I can. Just visit rogeredwards.co.uk and let's chat. So this week I'm talking to Eileen Murphy about customer relationship management. We chat about how CRM can free up your time and let you give a slicker customer service, taking an off-the-shelf solution, bespoking it and making it your own, and managing email to remove distractions and focus on clients. Eileen runs Inform Training, which is an independent provider of consultancy and CRM training services. They offer independent, practical, hands-on consultancy in order to understand businesses. With empathy and understanding, this ensures that training is relevant and ensures companies use their CRM systems more effectively to drive their businesses forward. So let's get right into that interview with Eileen, here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Eileen, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, Roger. Thank you very much. And of course, this is your second appearance on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. You were originally a guest back in episode 29. That's almost two years ago. Yes, I know. I can't believe it. Roger, where's that two years gone? And I really enjoyed doing the podcast with you then. So uh, thank you very much for asking me back again. We're going to talk about relationships today, Eileen, specifically about managing relationships and maybe even managing multiple relationships and the experience you've got in customer relationship management. But before we get to that, as it's been two years, maybe remind the listeners of the podcast who you are, where you come from and what makes you tick. Um, so thank you, Roger. Yes, so uh, so my name is Eileen Murphy. Uh, my company is Informed Training. Um, I set up my company back in 2010, so we're just over six years old, um, and we just love helping our clients get more from their technology, in particular their CRM. My background, however. Uh, started in financial services for many years. Um, so I started off as a, a, a tied agent in financial services and then I went across as an IFA uh, for several years. And then I moved from financial services delivery in, in advice uh, to, to the technology side in terms of um, the research tools initially, and then I moved across to the back office systems, um, or as we know them today, CRM, Customer Relation Management Systems. And um, I started off with training directly with the um, software suppliers and helping their clients get more from their systems in terms of training. 
And after quite a few years um, of, of working and developing and evolving, we I actually then had an opportunity to set up my own company, as I say, in 2010. And oh, it's just been a fantastic evolvement over the last six years. Never a dull moment. And uh, I absolutely love it. So, um, and uh, we just want our clients to benefit from our experiences, positive and negatives, and uh, you know, help them not to make the same perhaps mistakes or sort of um, things I could have done better, and uh, just get a real thrill out of doing that. Really. And when we chatted two years ago, we we focused on customer relationship management, and you were talking about the software solutions that you're involved with and the training that you can provide to financial advisors. But I think that one of the things that we did talk about was that it was quite slow at getting financial advisors and financial professionals to adopt this sort of technology. Have you seen over the last two years that more advisor firms are actually investing in CRM? Oh, without a doubt, I think, Roger. I think a lot of them are understanding better that they need the support of technology, but they don't necessarily know which which software is, is going to fit them mm -hmm. uh, and what they need. So they know they need something and uh, you, you get some companies who just go out and, and get something because, you know, they've they've had a chat with somebody that uh, they know or they've worked in the same sector and it works for them. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to help people say, no, do, do your due diligence. It's, it's not about getting demonstrations on all the different pieces of software because you'll just be you'll be blinded with bells and whistles about what they can all do and so we we help our clients strip it back and say well look what is your business process mm -hmm. you know what are the steps you know the the granular steps but from a technology point of view we can help them identify what are the questions they need to be asking from a software supplier but if you know what your business process is and you know what your technology needs to do, that will then help you when you are going directly to the providers and asking them, you know, um, what the software does. You can see you're kind of ticking off your your wish list, if you like, as to what your requirements are and driving, I would say, the demonstrations to apply to what you want as opposed to necessarily what the software suppliers want to tell you about if that makes sense yeah and i guess that there's, there's obviously two stages here there's the realization that crm could benefit you as a business but then once you've got it installed i guess that you've then got to make the most of it and i suspect that uh, obviously that's where you come in as a, as a training company you can help people to make the most of the system once they've got it in because I think I probably fall into this category as well I yeah. probably don't make the most of my CRM system and I'm sure that I could be a lot more efficient if I actually took some time to really sit down and maybe even ask somebody like yourself to come in and give me a bit of training on how it works do you know, you know what I mean absolutely and you're absolutely spot on Roger I think you need to find yourself a trusted support partner. Uh, it, I mean, yes, training is about what we, what we do, but in actual fact, training is a part of the elements that make up the journey mm -hmm. because if you take your example, 
once you get the piece of software, often you take them off the shelf mm -hmm. and they will be built in a particular way. So, of course, the financial services software, they, they build theirs in a box and you take it off. But it needs customizing to match what your process is. And although in financial services, everybody's processes have similar elements so you'll find with financial services, for example, and I apologise, I think my um, my printer has just decided to do a check. <laughs> you, you kind of need to customise it around your business process. Mm -hmm. And financial advisors don't necessarily want to do that. That's no. not what they're best at. But they do want to be able to manage the journey for, for existing clients, for example. A lot of them have existing clients um, and they have a, a proposition for existing clients and they need to ensure that they actually can demonstrate to the regulators that, you know, they are complying with the FCA requirements. So they'll often have two journeys, one for existing clients and one for new clients. There could be referrals, for example, from existing clients or, um, you know, people who come onto the website mm -hmm. and, and are interested in retirement planning. And so they'll have a separate journey for new clients. But that new client then becomes an existing client, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then they move on to the existing client journey. And so we, we work with the clients to find out exactly what those steps are for each of those processes, who does what and when, what do they call it, what are their names for their parts of the process, and then we can customise that system around those those high-level steps so that when, when they're doing some work for the client, they can allocate the tasks at speed with one click and the process is, is slicker. So, and, and the, the difficulty you've got is user adoption. Mm-hmm getting people to use it because they've often got their own business process sort of little steps, you know, that they use on their spreadsheets or <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, on their sticky notepads, on their A4 pieces of paper. And we so often when we do workshops with clients, we ask them to bring them all in, bring us in your spreadsheets, bring us in your A4, because actually in building the business process, if you bring everybody into the room and they've got their individual business processes, it kind of, you put them all together and that makes the, the corporate business process, if that makes sense. Mm. And so if they come in and bring you know, what are the things that they want the technology to do for them? What can reduce their frustrations, reduce their time um, on doing things so they can do things quicker? Then if you do that from each perspective, the para planner, the advisor, the the system, the administration support people, the compliance, you've got the business owners, they've got their objectives and their reports. If you bring everybody into the room and ask them exactly what they do, now and how could that be better and then take that and then look at the system and then customize that around what each of those people need then we, we believe then that their systems will work better for them because they'll be more bespoke they'll be more relevant to what that client wants and we're not knocking the software suppliers and what their systems do they're very clever but if you relate it to what each of the individual users needs once it's customized, then the training becomes so more effective mm -hmm. because you're actually then doing a bespoke workshop training where it's, right, what are your objectives that you have to achieve today? 
and we can show them then how to achieve that and actually it it means so much more to them because it's like oh my gosh yes that's what i asked for mm. and i can see it in my crm so i'm going to be able to get through this pipeline so much quicker or chasing all these mars or mes if i'm a, a support person or pulling off those compliance reports off quicker um, or for the parallel planning, you know, doing the simple integration with the with the exchange and the different quotation platforms. Amazing how many people don't use that and they're paying for it. So so we can help them train just on the basics or all the advanced parts of the system as it is. But we would prefer to customize it around their business process and then do the live training on their live system around their business process, which we we believe is more effective than training on a set data set. Yeah, know, I think it it, it, seem, it seems to me that what you what you what you're saying here is there are the advantages of a bespoke CRM system for the advisor firm is a it's going to save them time because let's face it however good your spreadsheet is it's still not going to be as effective as a as a properly integrated CRM system secondly it means that you're going to be able to give a much better service to your customers because everything is is working better you'll be able to respond to them in a timely manner you'll be able to remember yeah. specific key dates you'll be able to turn around quotations whatever it is um a lot quicker and thirdly i guess as you've said it's the compliance side of things you know you're ticking the compliance box as well so it does make sense to have the system in place bespoke to your particular company and ultimately if you've got that in place it's going to free you up to give your customers a much better service and and that's the bottom line isn't it really Mm. you know providing the service for the client that you retain that client so absolutely you've you've just got that in a nutshell and let's just go back a little bit then Eileen and just think about when you when was the light bulb moment that made you sit there and think this is what I need to do this is the business I need to build talk me through that story so when I set up the company as a training company I was focused on delivering training on the systems that I was familiar with And when I, obviously setting up my own business, I was naive. I had no experience whatsoever in in setting up a company. And I realized, well, the first thing I need to do uh, is to go and get myself a CRM. So I took Salesforce off the shelf because that's what I was familiar with. Right. And I knew it from working at, uh, at, at the company that I worked for before, who were financial services software company. The light bulb moment came, I suppose, when I actually started to use it, um, being naive, and then suddenly thought, hang on, this doesn't really match the data that I want to capture regarding um, my my prospects and who I'm going to approach in terms of my service, and then service delivery, what have I delivered, so that we can, you know, then build on what we've delivered and, and, and work on areas that we we haven't covered and it just wasn't customized to match what I needed so that was the light bulb moment in terms of customization I had to learn then how to customize that system but actually then another light bulb moment was well hang on what is my business process Mm. and again you know I needed to work out what my steps would be you know with just just two of us in the company at that time so what were our steps? So that was business process design in its early stages. 
then there was the customization and then of course training on the live system then and so when I went out to train other clients I realized that actually you know what we can train on the on their system but it's not customized to match what they want either so I suppose that was the light bulb moment using my experiences needing a CRM needing to customize it and 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 work out what my own business process and so that's evolved now we do the business process mapping mm-hmm. you know how, how do you actually take all that that those steps and collate it into one nice easy format so you've got a business process map for the whole of the team and then you take that as your spec and put that in your system so i think the the light bulb moments came gradually but in the in the early days and we've just evolved f- from there i mean that's a classic way of creating a business isn't it you're actually setting yourself up and you're sitting there thinking, I'm facing all of these issues and all of these challenges. Challenges, Therefore, yeah. other people out there must be facing the same challenges as That's well. Exactly so what I thought. Why I thought don't I help them? Absolutely. I, everybody who runs a business must have similar challenges. And, of course, with the, you know, the financial services-specific software out there, you, d- you just took it off the shelf and were trained on it, and then away you go. Obviously, there's more support these days, but, um, you know, just the due diligence, in it, uh, that was another light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. Well, hang on, which one do I go for? You know, um, what's best for me in the short, medium and the long term? So now we know what sorts of questions the client should be asking themselves, you know, um, before they make that choice. We, we They have to make that decision, but that, that was the sort of thing when that other light bulb moment was when, I was expanding and we needed more licenses and Salesforce was like quadrupling, you know, just to go up to the next level to be able to increase the functionality Um, with two or three of us was making a massive um, increase in in the license fee. And I was Mm -hmm. like, hang on, I'm wondering, is there something out there that perhaps, you know, this is more more for the corporate companies who can afford the licenses yes. so that's what gave us then let's go out and have a look and see what other systems are out there and write in our own due diligence what is it we need the system to do in the short medium and the long term what systems have we already got that it needs to integrate with yeah. and so that then formed our best of breed so that that meant that I made a move to a system that does everything that I want it to do and more actually and um, certainly made a big difference on the license fee it helped helped us to be able to afford more licenses as we grew and uh, and so is the case today what would you say was the biggest challenge then Eileen that you faced setting up your business and heading in this direction of helping advisors to implement CRM I would say one of the biggest challenges is there's there's only one of me when I first started. <laughs> yes. and so it didn't take very long just to take, you know, several projects on, multiple projects for me to start to struggle in terms of working long hours to be able to deliver what you need to deliver and deliver it when you need to. Yeah. And so my biggest challenge was not being able to deliver how do I word this? That's not the right way. But 
I was able to deliver what I promised and the clients were happy, but it was taking me too long. Right. And I'd be working long hours, well into the night, and you're just not fresh. So that was a challenge. And so we realized very quickly, do you know what the solution to this is? There's only one of you, Eileen. You can't do it on your own. Okay. So yes, I could, I could, I could do, I'd learned it all and I could do it all, but actually, we all have our strengths, don't we? Absolutely. But we needed then to bring in um, development teams for each of the best of breed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the challenge was then inviting people, uh, building up that trust, you know, um, quality quality partners. We're a great believer in collaboration and utilising other people's skills to be able to deliver better for the client so the challenge there was then expanding the team um, meant more email traffic and very quickly we decided no I can't cope with these projects on email so we we expanded our CRM as the hub and then we brought in projects and we invite the partners we project manage everything they need is there all communication is in one place one central hub so each each step forward brings its own challenges, but you've just got to, to 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 find a way to manage those challenges. And we're we're really pleased how things have gone. We've managed everything through. through. We try and practice what we preach, Roger. If that makes sense. So, <laughs> so you set the business up. You've expanded the team. You've now got um, dedicated people looking at each of the different projects. You've got the technology helping you out. Tell yeah. me about some of the successes that you've had, Eileen, the rewards for all this hard work and investment, as it were. Um, well, we've got, I'm pleased to say that we've got um, quality clients that have stayed with us and that are happy to refer us on, which is which is a great endorsement. So, so that's lovely. Um, so we've got some really good clients uh, that range from small small companies to to internationals and nationals we've got clients abroad even mm-hmm. which is which is lovely um so we're very pleased that we can use our experience to help our clients not make the same mistakes and so you know a client thinks that they know what they they need but actually when you have a chat with them it's not that you're trying to get them to change their mind, but you expand further on what if this happens, what would you need to do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, never thought of that, Eileen. And I don't want them to make the mistakes that other people have made. I'll give you an example. You know, investment in training is, is really tough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you pay a lot of money for the, for, the, for, for the solution. And, you know, our clients' money's tight you know so you have to you have to be um careful with it i had one gentleman who came to me and said look um eileen we're really good at software we can pick up things very quickly it's nice and simple it's easy to use we've had the training from the software provider we, we don't need any more and we're not pushy and you know if if that's the clients you know we'll We'll keep in touch with them at each quarter or whatever, but you know that's that's fine. And then this gentleman came back in about six months' time and said, "Eileen, I need you to come in, and your team need to help us because we've lost a, an order which is in excess of fifty thousand pounds." Now, this was one of my financial services clients, corporate clients. Mm-hmm. 
because we help them as well. We're not just financial services, although that's our niche area. And I said, well, why? What happened? And um, he said, well, you told me that we, we needed to do this. Um, we needed to train all the users up on how uh, you know the, the the pipeline works or the job you know the delivery and what to look for and how, how to build it and one of our team was using it really really well and uh, he went he went out to a seminar the one day uh, one of his clients rang into the office while he was at this seminar and they spoke to his client and signed him up for a delivery of this particular service and were really pleased. And so when the um, when the gentleman came into the office two or three days later, um, this person who manned the office said, uh, oh, I've got some really good news for you. So-and-so has signed up for a delivery of, of this uh, of this service. And I think it cost something like, we'll say, £10,000. It was a fifth of what the overall order was that he was working on. Okay. And she, you know, she's looking forward to him being really, yeah, really pleased. And he was, he was gutted and he said, but I was working on a £50,000 order. And because the customer phoned in and they hadn't looked at the audit trial, they hadn't looked at the job and what they were, uh, what the gentleman was working on, they didn't see that he was working on this particular service, which was 50000 And they literally just took an order off the phone, mm. said, oh, well, we can do this, and fine, we'll sign up for that, thank you very much, and, and off they went. So he said, it's cost me £40,000, Eileen. So, you know, not implementing um, a development programme, you know, which was going to cost us, you know, £1,500, for example, has lost me just... 40,000 less 1500 so. so so he was a massive convert to what you do after that I'm sure he, I, I, he was he, unfortunately and that and that's the it's difficult to project that but that's what we want to try and get them to avoid because it's no good just one person using it in a systematic way if their team members are not not using it in the same way and don't know what to look for so that that was a really um, telling story, which I was disappointed for him. I was pleased he came back to me because they, they might not necessarily come back <laughs> to you. Um, and now, you know, we've 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 done the whole. We brought all the team members in who perhaps see you as a threat, and said, right, let's let's design the system about what you want it to do in your role, so that everybody's um, requirements can be catered for. We customised it, we built it, we trained them, and they're you know they're converts now. Whereas before, no, we didn't, we didn't, we don't use it. We got it, but we don't use it now. It's it's working very well, and they've they've seen an increase to the closing of their deliveries. So there's been quite a few light bulb moments for your customers as well, in the same way as it was a light bulb moment for you right at the start. And of course, you're helping people manage their relationships to give a better customer service to their clients. What would you say, Eileen, was the one big idea then that you'd like people who are listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast today to take away from the experience you've had building your company? So clients often tell me about how they're frustrated on managing multiple databases. I think that that's coming up time and time again. Yeah. So they've got MailChimp. You know, I mean, I'm, I definitely have noticed with financial services. You looked in fin- financial services, say, 10 years ago. They never had um, automated 
marketing suites, uh, the likes of Constant Contact and MailChimp. I don't think they had them 10 years ago um, because you didn't really need to market your service because you work on referrals Mm. all the time. But as people grow and and pass their businesses on to their family, you know, you need to grow your business. So managing multiple databases, you put data into MailChimp or Constant Contact, then often they work on Basecamp or Trello and they're putting data into spreadsheets. Mm. So I have to say, you know, we, we want to try and join that all up in one place so that you just put it in once and you synchronize all the data. It's all joined up. Um, and you've got all the history in one place. It's joining that all up together. I mean, one idea that one of our best of breed had, they launched a campaign to create some tabs on your dashboard, um, which tells you, I mean, emails is a big frustration. Hundreds of emails coming in, people getting moved away and unfocused because they're just trying to manage the emails. So one of our providers um, built uh, the CRM tabs, which tells you if an email arrives in your inbox, which relates specifically to a record in your CRM. Right. And we use this ourselves. And I'll give you an example. I, I checked this morning, there were 37 emails in my inbox. In your okay. overall inbox, yeah. Yeah, my normal inbox. Right. So um, Outlook Exchange, we have two, two types, Outlook Exchange and, uh, and then another one. So there were 37 emails in my inbox, and that was only at sort of 10 o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. Now, I could have got trawled through all those 37, but in my CRM, there were just four that related to a record in my CRM, which, which was actually a split of uh, clients. Three were from clients and one was from a prospect. Okay. So I only had to look up four emails of which one wanted an appointment. And then they've got the second tab is a salesy. It picks up things in the email that they think are sales related. Okay. And again, there were five of those. So I had nine emails to look at, which took me seconds and I responded. Whereas I had 37 in that period So to us, that's a really good idea. If you can integrate your emails so that you're just looking at your clients and your prospects for those that you've set up records, any of the unsolicited emails, which you might still be interested in, but you can focus your time then Mm -hmm. on just checking any other emails. Do you see what I mean? Those 18 unsolicited I haven't looked at. And, you know, I'll just set some time in my diary to say, right, just... 20 minutes on emails outside of your CRM to make sure you don't, you know, miss any new inquiries or whatever. And that embedded within the CRM has saved us a huge amount of time, which, and our clients are coming back to us and saying, oh my gosh, that is so good because we're not being taken away from what we're trying to deliver to our clients and and just constantly being bombarded by email traffic. I don't know whether you class that as one big idea, but it's certainly quite a quite a new idea in terms of integration has been there for a while, but these two buttons really make a difference definitely. And we we also think an idea to automate, just try and automate everything, you know, if you do things that are regular two or three times, then try and sort out a process or automate it so that you've done it once 
and then you don't have to do it again. So, you know, um, we call that macros in as there's, you know, a, a process for NDAs. We have to send clients out NDAs, for example. So yeah. that might be like financial services. You might have to send out a letter to get authority for um, transferring an agency, maybe. So we've set a macro, which basically, as soon as I talk to a client and we have to send out an NDI, I press a button against the client and it puts in all three tasks in at once. One's to create, and that goes to so-and-so. Two's to check and send, and that that goes probably to the same, uh, sorry, to somebody else to check it. And then three, for the chase, to make sure that we get it back before the appointment. Mm -hmm. So for each client that we have to send out an NDA, if you automate it, you do it once and you put it in, then you don't need to keep repeating that and that will save you time and money. All of these ideas are great, Eileen, and every little helps to quote a very famous uh, strap line. I think these are good ideas. And yeah, these days we've got so much to think about all the different systems you've mentioned, Trello, MailChimp, Aweber, ConvertKit, whatever it might be, Basecamp, you know, if you can integrate a lot of this together to save you time, then it goes back to what we were saying before, it will save you time as a financial advisor or financial services professional or a business owner, and it will help you to give your clients a much better, much slicker service. So it's, it's been really good to catch up with you, um, Eileen. You're just as enthusiastic and just as uh, knowledgeable about this subject as you were two years ago. But I still think there seems to be quite a lot of scope out there for people to get into this a lot more. I still get the feeling there's a lot of companies out there are not making the most of the systems that are available and therefore they could become a lot more efficient and give a lot better service if they actually took the time to look at this and to invest in it and to be trained in it and to implement it. Without a doubt, Roger, indeed. And the small things, you don't know what you don't know till somebody shows you, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And sometimes the smallest things make the biggest impact. And we've, we've definitely, that's definitely our experience from the feedback that we've had from clients. You know, I had one client said, you know, we did a, a, a very small remote customization and we did a group training online. Mm-hmm. And in the feedback, um, he actually said that it, it had actually saved him over a thousand pounds in the time, you know, the time that they can save now. He worked out that it was it had saved him more than a thousand pounds. So we, we can put a value on on it, which which is very pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. If we can do that for our clients, then. We're very happy. And of course, it's not just about the businesses that we're involved with, Eileen. On the Marketing and Finance podcast, I always like to have a look out there and see what else is going on. So tell me, is there a a business model or a product or a campaign that's caught your attention in the last year that somebody else has been doing? Tell me a little bit about that and what you liked about it. I would say from a product point of view, well, let me let me cover the campaign mm-hmm. first. I'm not sure if you would define it as a campaign, but I attended the PFS Symposium in Birmingham, and I know that they did them throughout the country. Yeah. I've been a PFS member for many years, and we like to keep up uh, in line with what's going on. And I loved their campaign of the PFS story thing. Uh-huh. Um, I really thought that was excellent. They related it to, um, you know, Shakespeare, which is uh, in near where we live, mm-hmm. <laughs> not too far away from us. So 
that campaign to me did resonate the hashtag pfs story on twitter there were some great things coming from that so i thought that was a very clever campaign uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah and the second thing which is more like a product i mean i think two years ago i mentioned to you about audio note which yes. we've actually been using for quite some time um but we're now researching a, a piece of kit called live scribe okay so if if if, you, if your members want to go to livescribe.com, now this was recommended by our managed service providers, and we're just doing our own due diligence on it because it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of financial services out there still like their notepads. So when you go to a conference, I've got my iPad and I'm I'm typing away. But a lot of people still note, you know, write notes. Yes. Well, I I like the idea of this live scribe where you can write key notes and record at the same time. So it's a bit like audio note, but you've got the added benefit of it. It's an electronic notepad that when you write on the pad, it downloads that to um, to your iPad and your Dropbox or wherever you want to. So we're exploring that at the moment. So livescribe.com. So that was uh, thank you to James Cash who does our um, IT for um, super fast IT and maybe just one quick one as well we listen to lots of iP- uh, podcasts yes. now and um, I use a, a, an app called Pocket okay so um, but if anybody's got any better ideas please do share them with us because uh, I go for a walk in the morning so I'll do a 40 minute walk before I start work and I just decide which podcasts I'm going to listen to before I go um, and um, the pod, the pocket enables us to do that, so I can listen to the podcast or keynote speakers from any seminars and uh, uh, and take some stuff from that. And one other quick one, Jason Butler, I think he's JB Wealth Manager. He did a, a spot at the PFS, and he recommended, and I've yet to thank him, uh, videoscribe.com. Right. And so we're exploring that at the moment. I've just I've just finished my trial, so I've got to make a decision on that. And it's a way of telling your story um, on video mm-hmm. with pictures. So you choose your pictures, and it kind of it's like a whiteboard storyboard. And we're looking to we're revamping our uh, website, and we're looking at video scribes. So um, I've cheated there and, and given a couple of other people's suggestions, but I think it could help the wider community out there. So thank you for that, Jason. That's fantastic. You give me a real bumper crop of stuff there: products, campaigns, apps. Excellent. And I like the sound of pockets. I'm going to have to go and have a look at that. Eileen, fabulous to talk to you again. Really good to catch up with you on all that's happening. Before we sign off, please do tell everyone how they can connect with you by email, website, LinkedIn, whatever it might be. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Well, um, our website is www.informtraining.com co.uk and it's informed with an ed okay so if you hit the contact page that will come into inquiries and we'll be able to pick that up and um, i'm on twitter at it informed please do follow us and please engage that would be lovely or you can ring us at the office here on 0121 357 5944 and we're on the normal communication chat um uh, places uh, we're on linkedin 
I have a Google Plus account, but LinkedIn and Twitter are our main main points. So yeah, please, if you've got any questions at all, you know, just give us a call. We'd be delighted to help. And as always, I'll include all those contact details in the show notes, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. Eileen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Thanks for talking to me today. It's been a real pleasure catching up with you. Let me wish you every success in the future. And eventually we will meet up in person for a glass of wine or a coffee. Thank you, Roger. That would be lovely. And may I say thank you also. You do some great things out there, sharing, and, and you know, you're just very inspirational and you're a really nice person. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Have a lovely Christmas if I don't speak to you before. Thanks, Eileen. Thank you, Roger. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions. Okay? Okay.